You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Facebook Live Q&A. Today we are missing the one, the only Cindy. She is at a friend's wedding? Yeah. Is that what's going on? Atlanta. So she's at a friend's Florida. wedding in Hotlanta. In Hotlanta or Florida. Florida? She's in Florida. What's she doing in Florida? The wedding. So what's in Atlanta? Uh, she's, <laughs> she's just laying over there for a week and hanging out. That's, that's a serious layover. Yeah. All right, but we're doing a meetup with Cindy in Hotlanta, so make sure that you, uh, what are we, just um, hitting her up, Essence of Sin, how we handle yeah, that? Yeah, I think there's, a, there's an event on your page, as well as the Impact Theory Facebook nice. page that you can RSVP to and get all the deets and then go hang out with Cindy. There it's it is. awesome. There it is. Hang out with her. So we have a little extra time with Agent Smith, and I'm just going to call a spade a spade and say that... Um, I had tried to coax my wife into this, and hopefully we will be able to get her uh, back in front of the camera. I know, and I'm and I'm talking back by popular demand. I think people enjoyed the relationship episode with that woman. They loved um, it. She's also working on her own podcast, which I'm very excited about. Uh, we I don't can we reveal yet who you're doing it with? No, uh, but somebody super cool that I have nothing big. but love for. Yeah, it's gonna be big. It is gonna be big. It's going to be amazing about empowering women. It's going to be badass. So we're all super excited. We're all horrified, though, that we don't get to call it the Badass Chick Podcast, um, which was one of the names in contention. It It was. It lost, much to my dismay. Um, But all right. So today it's all about that Facebook Q&A. That's right. And as people are joining us for the Facebook Live, just want to remind you to share this live feed, help us grow the community you will be entered to win an Impact Theory t-shirt. We're giving them out like candy these days. We are indeed. And yeah. I'm telling you, I'm saying it right now, right here, we will be making an Agent Smith t-shirt. <laughs> so I'm committed to that. So I want to see people wearing okay. your silhouette on their shirt with My Agent silhouette. Smith on it. That'll be amazing. All right, that'll be interesting. We'll see. There we go. Um, we were Before we started, we were talking about uh, compartmentalizing. And I asked you a question. I said, how do you, how do you practice that? How do you get better at it? Why is it important too? Yeah. So let's start with that. So, um, I'm just having one of those days where it's like, there's so much going on, uh, that it was like, I was having to do some woosah breathing before we started. And I I thought, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Right. So, and I thought, you know, it's actually really interesting that, um, Success is so predicated on people's ability to learn to emotionally manage themselves. And so I threw out the offhanded comment as I was sort of mentally processing what actually I do in moments like these. And I realized that it's uh, about compartmentalizing. So I had looked over there where I can see my computer open to the thing that is bringing me the most stress. And, uh, and I thought, okay, I can't think about that. And that's when I I said, you know, it's surprising how much uh, compartmentalizing plays a role in this. And I said, you have to learn how to practice that. And I said that I actually um, was practicing it. And then you had asked what I think is the most salient question, which is how do you practice compartmentalizing? And the answer is you have to wait for moments like today where the stakes feel high to me. There's a lot going on. It's important. It actually could have meaningful consequences to the company. And so at that point, you have to remember that it's not performance. It's just 
practice. And so in those moments like where it's really hot, like let's say that I'm really in an intense situation, one of those ones where it's like there's it's a it's a you know from a company business perspective, it's do or die. And you've got one chance, there's not gonna be another meeting or whatever. And in that meeting, you have to remind yourself this is just practice. And so since it's just practice, then I'm right now going to actually get better at compartmentalizing. So now as I'm doing this, even though my every sort of internal instinct is to shut down and be stressed, uh, I'm going to be effervescent and bubbly and I'm literally going to close that part of my mind mm -hmm. that has that stressful thing over there to deal with. And so I didn't go close my computer which would make it easier for me to ignore that. I didn't close it because I wanted to actually practice getting lost in the Facebook Live, which, by the way, talking about it is not helping with that. Okay. Uh, but no, 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 we should talk about it yeah. for sure, but it's, uh, it's, that actually makes it a little but bit we're harder. We're doing it for the people. We're doing less, it for, less for you. For the people. Yeah. For the people. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're uh, doing it for the people, and, but not closing it, leaving it open, and then seeing if I can get lost in the Facebook Live is going to be, I mean, that's the practice, right? Like right there is how rapidly can I migrate away? And I just did something where, um, like literally right this second, breathing from your diaphragm changes everything. Mm -hmm. It triggers uh, the parasympathetic nervous system, and I don't know why, but like if you find yourself getting nervous, like notice that you start getting like more shallow breathing, which yeah. only enhances that effect. But if you just drop like and basically pooch out your gut yeah. to breathe that's how they that's um, what they teach you in meditation yeah oh 100 100 yeah. and there's a i don't know where it came from but there's this whole notion that the warrior spirit actually lives in your abdomen and i that's i awesome. promise you it comes from that sense that when you're in like a really heightened moment uh especially towards combat and you remember to let your breathing and sense of Oh, God, this is going to sound weird. Your almost sense of self or at least your sense of presence to drop down into your abdomen, it just feels way better. So there it is. Those are the things that I practice. Those are the things that go on inside my mind when I'm doing these. Like there was that great line in um, the social network where he's arguing with the lawyers and he's like daydreaming and the lawyers are like, you know, we deserve 100% of your attention. And he said, no, you don't you get, you know, whatever, 10% of my attention and the rest is over here. Like all of us need to remember that. Like whatever I'm doing at the moment, a lot of times, like it gets maybe 80% of my attention, but the other 20% is like watching myself go through it and saying what opportunities are there to practice. Now I'll say for the sake of my wife, there are certainly things that you need to be hundred percent. 150%. 150. Well in said. relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Word. All right. This question comes from our last Facebook live from Nick Coetzer. He says, I just can't seem to build courage to take action needed to get where I need to be. I know what I need to do, but fear is holding me back big time. How do I get out of this hole? So I know the answer that I'm going to give. I am deeply distressed by this question because it's so thorny. And it really is that thing that so many people struggle with. And, and that means that they're, whatever answers that I'm giving, they're um, not necessarily going to be the full answer. And so I really, um, this is something I need to think about more in life. But here's what I do. Um, in those moments, I so don't want to be a person that's held back by fear that I force myself to say to myself and out loud to other people that I am not a person who cowers to fear. Okay, so I have fear, right? And there's that amazing Mark Twain quote, I'll butcher it, but it's something like, Courage is not the absence of fear, it's rising up in the face of it. 
So I'm not a person who doesn't have fear. I'm just not a person who lets fear dictate my actions. And so that's why I developed the, um, the system that I use to always move towards that which scares me. And I'm doing that just purely out of identity. And there are probably some times where it would actually be smarter to not move towards the fear um, from a goal setting perspective. But because my, this is interesting, my identity is really my highest objective above everything else. And so anything that erodes my sense of the identity that I'm trying to build, namely backing away from fear, like I so can't tolerate that in myself that I do things sometimes that I, because I'm not sure, like am I um, doing this because it's wise or am I doing this because I'm afraid of uh, of it. And so therefore I'm just pushing myself to do it. And honestly, I'm not so concerned about what the answer is. Um, if I'm afraid of something, I do it. Like, I mean, I don't swim with sharks. Okay. So admittedly, like there's some things that are just the only fear that I have is bodily harm. Um, and there just doesn't seem to be any upside, but when it comes down to, um, fear of emotional failure, fear of looking stupid, like those kinds of fears, I always move towards. Yeah. Are you afraid of sharks? Uh, definitely. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie open water? No. Oh my God. Like you had to think, you're not even sure what that movie is. I was thinking, no. Boys and girls, that is my nightmare. Somebody actually reached inside my soul and I am not kidding in any way, shape or form and pulled out my greatest fear and made the movie open water. And it's about these two divers. They're on like a, I don't remember, like a vacation or something. And they go out on this boat and they're going to go diving and it's going to be amazing. And they go down and they're scuba diving and the boat leaves them. The boat leaves. This is based on a true story. Yeah. The boat leaves, they resurface, and they're just in the middle of the ocean. Like, yeah. That, that, like, that's it. Like, not being able to see what's below you. Oof. And knowing that there are predators, right? So I can't see what's below me right now. But there are no predators, so I'm not so worried. <laughs> but true. in open water, forget <clears throat> it. So, yeah. All right. And hashtag Steve Aoki just went swimming with sharks with no cage. What? Yeah, that's intense. That's madness. madness. Yeah. Um, Here's a long question from uh, Shekhar Dewan. He says, the last time he was on Facebook Live, so this is a follow-up. This is awesome. He said, I asked you, how can I become you in five years in terms of work Mm. work ethic? I think you remember that question. He said, um, your answer was, you said that I could do that tonight, and I've slowly been getting myself to believe that and get closer to it. But to do that, I have been questioning what I am doing all the time and why, so I can make better decisions and better use of my time, which is great. Um, This is fine, but I'm just not sure where to draw the line on the inner critic and say, I don't need to be trying to be perfect every move all the time. Would appreciate advice. Um, So I'm not a guy who tries to silence the inner critic. So, and I guess I'll have to reflect on whether that's because my inner critic isn't overly vicious. Um, or whether it's just that I know how to sort of ration my, um, my staring into that. So my inner critic is most active when I first wake up. And I used to think, oh, I should really want to silence this. And then I realized, wait a second, it's the inner critic that married to my mindset of always being willing to stare at my inadequacies that is actually propelling me to always get better. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily worry about silencing the inner critic, but holding yourself to a standard of perfection doesn't make sense. And that's what I want people to understand. Like my mindset is built around things that make sense. And so how do I define make sense? Things that make sense to me are the things that move you towards your goals. So having crystal clear goals, if you don't have that, like you're in trouble. 
Okay, I can't help you there. Like, I don't know what you want. So, but once you know what you want, then you can set clear goals. Okay, this is what I want to achieve. And then it's about backtracking into that. And that's one of the reasons that we started Startup Theory was, you know, we talk a lot about these sort of really high lofty things in a Facebook Live or even in an IG Live. And at some point, you know, everyone here was like, well, when do we get to the tactics? Like, when do we get to the, the specifics? And the problem with specifics is it is it has to uh, pertain to one exact concrete example. So if you were asking me the, hey, I want to achieve this and how do I back into the steps to get there, um, then we could get really, really, not only strategic, but tactical and say, okay, these are the things you actually need to do. So now that we're still sort of at a high level, um, it gets harder to do that. But listening to um, the critic, setting a goal and then choosing behaviors that make sense because they actually move you towards your goals, like those are the ways that, um, that I do that. So um, it, it's understanding that you should listen to your inner critic only in as much as it moves you forward. Cool. All right, uh, quick question here from Chris Musics. Uh, what do you think about the law of attraction? Um, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Now I said that to I said that to get people's attention because I want you to listen to the truth. Here it is: thinking something does not make it so, but you get what you focus on because your mind begins to be obsessed with that. You begin to wire for it. But I remember watching The Secret and being totally moved, got the chills, thought it was amazing, and then the guy comes on and is like, "And when I want a parking spot, like I just want for it, and a parking spot shows up near the front of the building," and I was like okay, A, you shouldn't want the parking spot closest to the front because you should want the exercise to walk. Let's start with that. B, you don't get things because you float it out there. Like, I don't believe that simply wishing for something makes it come true, and that's what scares me. So there's like half of the secret and the law of attraction is so powerful in that if you focus on it and you act in accordance to make it happen and you believe that you can make it happen, then you will do the things you need to do to actually manifest that. That's so critical that when people get into the like, I want it and therefore it's gonna happen, like now I know you're not gonna do the things you want. And they did this study, this should scare the shit out of you. If somebody believes somebody else is praying for them, they're more likely to die. This is after a surgery. So if you have surgery and you believe that someone is praying for you, you're more likely to die. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. And they do it They do it in a, a blind where mm -hmm. they actually have people pray for you. Then they have people that aren't being prayed for. And then they have people who think they're being prayed for but aren't. And it is the mere act of thinking that someone is praying for you that makes your likelihood of dying go up. Because, think about it, because what you're planning in your head is someone else is going to take care of me. And once you think someone else is doing something for you, now you're in trouble. And like if you pray for yourself, and I actually don't know the answer to this, but if you pray for yourself, then it may work because you're doing something and you know that you have to manage that relationship, that you have to be the one taking action, looking out for yourself and doing what in that case they believe they have to do to up their odds to get better. But if you think someone else is doing it for you, you're more likely to die, whether or not they actually pray for you. That's crazy to me. That is crazy. So that just reinforces that belief, man. It's got to be like the thing that you're doing. You're taking action. You're making something happen. All right. Here's a business question from our last Facebook Live from Lillian Stoian. Um, Tom, what do you think would have to happen to sell a company that you built from scratch? What do I think would have to happen? Like what are... Someone would have to be willing to buy it. I think I know what, what they're are the really steps? asking. Like what, yeah. When do you know? 
uh, is that what they're asking? Here's what I thought they were asking. Um, so do we presume that she has her own company? Is that what we're talking about? I, I All right, let's answer anything. it a couple different ways. So <clears throat> I'll say um, if you've built a company from scratch, you, one, need to know, was it a forever company? Is it a platform company that's going to pivot? Like, So people should be asking themselves the obvious question, and, and some people have. We've gotten this in the comments. So why, if the show is called Impact Theory, why is the channel on YouTube forward slash Tom Bilyeu instead of forward slash Impact Theory? And the answer is because I may wake up tomorrow and realize Impact Theory isn't the answer to get me where I want to go. And the moment that that is true, the moment that impact theory is no longer the, the thing moving me towards my goals, then I will pivot and do something else. Because of that, I didn't want to build anything into um, impact theory. So the, like, the thought that my identity itself may be the thing that I want to change, which, by the way, is not unprecedented. And if you look at the creators of The Matrix, they both change uh, gender and change their names. And so it would have been, an, I mean, in fact, they did. Like, they were known as the Wachowski brothers, Right, and so they've had to go through the rebrand of that. So that can, I guess, bite you in the ass. But that, from just like introspection, I think is uh, a virtually non-existent possibility for me. Um, so that makes a lot of sense to invest in that. So if it's a company and it's not necessarily a platform forever company, then the circumstances would need to be merely that whatever goal you set for yourself, and that may be um, financial gain, so that you can then build your forever company. Which, hey, I fully respect. Um, then it would need to be that you got a sale price that you thought was um, worthy of where you'd gotten the business to. And I forget who um, gave the advice, but it was somebody that I really, really put faith in as an entrepreneur. And they said, if you ever get a chance to sell your company, take it. And I thought, I get why they say that. Like it is, the world of business is so volatile. You could be disrupted at any minute. Your company may go away in the blink of an eye. Like you never know. There are zero guarantees, zero. So turning that into money which, if wisely invested, is not as precarious as a company is, um, then, yeah, I get it. And then if you can build your forever company, like I will tell you right now that while Lisa and I are pouring a ton of financial resources into impact theory, we're not going to pour so many financial resources that if the company crumbled that we would be in trouble. So you have to like understand, like once you have a certain level of capital, then you can really build something that can be a platform. Like we don't have to worry about monetizing impact theory today, which has just given us so much clarity and be able to focus literally entirely on value creation because we don't need it to monetize. That's why we give away all of our content. So it, it's allowing us to play a much longer game. Now we have a path to monetization. I don't want anyone to ever be surprised. We are going to sell merchandise will be one of the things that we sell. We are going to be helping build businesses. They are going to sell things like we are in the game to sell stuff. Okay. I want to be really clear on that. You have to have a path to monetization in my mind, but this is a, a platform. It's meant to be a platform forever company. So uh, we don't have any intent to sell it. Um, but those are sort of the, the two sides of the equation. You, you have to be um, very careful because if, like, I just met with somebody today um, who wanted some business advice. I'm actually sad we didn't film that. Would, oh, fuck. That would have been so great to film that. Um, and I didn't even think of it. Somebody punch me in the throat when this is done. Um, so, but they were, they have this movement that they want to create, but they didn't have yet a path to monetization, which means that they're forever going to be beholden to somebody else, whoever has the capital, because that's the only way to make something uh, sustainable. So you have to find that path. Awesome. All right. Here's a question from Ronaldo on Facebook live right now. He says, hi, Agent Smith. Hi, Tom. How do you plan on completing execution phase one? 
And when will you be comfortable making the transition to phase two of your business plan with impact theory? I read the plan, but just wanted to wanted you to clarify the phase one as detailed as you wish. So first of all, thank you for reading about the phases. Um, it's very meaningful to us to call our shots now uh, when we're tiny. And so we can all look back and say, hey, we told you exactly what we were going to do. And then we did it. Um, so phase one is community building for those of you that are watching that don't know. Um, and there, there isn't going to be like a day where we're like, hey, we're done now building the community. And now we're going to go into phase two, which is really the incubation of the the. Um, projects. I don't know what else to call them because some of them will be companies and some of them will be actual content. To give you an idea, um, we already are, um, I don't, I never know what word to use. So we're looking very closely at a company right now. Uh, they make a medical device that does, um, stimulation of the vestibular nerve. If the product is real and it's already got FDA approval and all that for claims on weight loss, which is crazy. I don't remember the exact wording, so I will not say it here. Um, but if, if, it actually is real, and by stimulating the vestibular nerve, you really can um, get the hypothalamus to up-ramp your um, metabolism and thusly lose fat and possibly even gain lean muscle mass, um, then that would be incredible. I just don't know if it's real. So we're in this exploration phase with um, that company, and we're already doing that, right? So that's a phase to play clearly, but we're already doing it. And then we are in talks is the best way to say it. And so these talks could go absolutely nowhere. I want to be abundantly clear about that. But we're in talks with um, very relevant uh, and large scale makers of content, if I can be wonderfully vague, um, to get the um, hopefully rights to things, <laughs> which would be very on brand for us. My wife is literally making fun of me. We're doing things. Uh, we're, yeah, so we're, we're trying to make phase two moves now. Phase three, man, we'll get to, which is monetizing these things. Um, if if Neurovalens ends up being real and the product actually does what they think that it does, then we'd begin monetizing it immediately. Um, if it doesn't do it, then we would scrap that. And, you know, it wouldn't be until we find another company that we believe in that we'd bring a product to market. Um, I went to Magic, uh, whatever, two days ago. In fact, it's the reason this got pushed to Friday. Um, Magic is the largest trade show for um, manufacturing of garments. And I am looking, as you guys have heard me talk endlessly about, I'm looking for ultra high quality direct-to-garment printing. Um, there was virtually nothing there. There was one guy who maybe has found a way to do something um, through design to keep the minimums really low. Uh, and the reason I want to do that is our whole, our whole play is going to be to crowdsource designs. So, and that means that, you know, we'd be selling one-offs. Like you sell one here, you may sell 10 there, you may sell 10,000 of that one, but you're never going to know ahead of time. So we'll be looking for that virality. And the only thing that will scale like that is direct-to-garment printing. So um, that's just got to happen. But right now, all the direct-to-garment printers are not up to my standards. I'll just say that. Some people are very happy with it. I am not. Uh, I think it would misrepresent the brand, so won't be doing that. But if I had gone there and found like, yep, it works, um, then we'd have direct-to-garment printing and we'd start selling as soon as we can get e-com up on the site. So it's um, there's really uh, no sort of hard and fast. I think we'll, we'll always be building community. I want to help as many people as we can. We'll always be looking for great companies and, you know, our the forever play um, that maybe I'm sort of most emotionally excited about is the content. And so that certainly has no end. In fact, how many designers do we have in the live feed right now? Comment if you're a designer. We want to know about you. We just want to predict get to know you. Crickets. 
predicting crickets, but predicting I think crickets. I think we have some designers in the live feed. All right, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Who's uh, right? Shout out to Jermaine, who says, yo, from Seattle, JK, Tacoma. JK, but for real, <laughs> Port Orchard. Thanks for going live. I figured you would laugh at that. That's amazing. So Port Orchard... <laughs> Uh, is is uh, while we occasionally play other teams from Port Orchard is not exactly right around the corner from Tacoma uh, and is quite a bit more beautiful than Tacoma, but uh, mad love to anybody from the Pacific Northwest. So All right. what's up? Right back at you. If you want a fighting chance against the competition, you need to be using the best technology and platforms in the world like Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. Now, I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy for you to start, run, and grow your business. It didn't used to be this easy. I'm telling you, back in the day, it was a lot harder. I'm so jealous. Shopify powers more than 10% of all U.S. e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly and efficiently choose Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash impact now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. We got another question here. Um, this is from Marcus. Uh, he says, there seem to be quite a lot of business people who started in their 20s and 30s. Do you have any inspirational figures you know who started later in life? I feel sometimes in lower moments like I'm playing a massive game of catch-up. Well, I mean, I think we're... Oh God. So I'm going to, instead of answering that question, here's what I'm going to do. I want you to play um, a mind game. And I want you to assume that this morning when you woke up is actually the first day of new programming from the matrix. So n everything in your past is fake. It's all like total recall and planted memories. None of it is real. Now, if that's true, then everybody is at the same sort of level that you're playing. I need to get really good at explaining this. What I'm trying to say is you're, you believe in your past and because you believe in your past, you think you're way behind everybody. But the fact is everybody is where they are right now today. And that's it. That's all anybody has is right now today. 
So the now moment is the same for you as it is for anybody else, but you play this weird game with yourself where you say, well, I'm older and therefore I'm behind. Behind what? Like everybody has the 24 hours in today to execute. So whether they started when they were nine is irrelevant. You're focused on thinking that, you know, at some point you're going to die and so you have less time. None of us are guaranteed the time. A, I could have an aneurysm before this feed is over and be dead and, you know, would never have realized that I was at the last moments of my life. Um, and then B, Technology may continue to advance so rapidly that you don't die and that at some point in the next 40 years, you actually begin aging backwards, which I think is real, by the way. And I think within 40 years, we will be aging backwards. So whether it's true that you just woke up in the matrix and all of your memories are a lie or it's true that you could be dead at any minute and these people that you think have a head start on you could also be dead any minute and that you could potentially live forever. It's like the only thing that matters is now. So focus on now, focus on what you can do today um, and just don't worry about whether or not people are ahead of you. It just doesn't matter. Like bring something amazing to the world, create something of value. Um, it doesn't matter how old you are. And I, I just think it's amazing. Did you guys see that video that Gary um, Vaynerchuk dropped, the 50 seconds for people 50 years old, something like that? Yeah, I saw that dope video man and that like the takeaway is that right it's don't worry about how old you you have so much time you have so much time and if you guys remember my dad came into the feed one time so my dad is 70 today happy birthday dad we called and left you a message sorry we couldn't connect yet uh see you tomorrow by the happy way happy birthday tom senior yeah happy birthday indeed yeah. so my dad is 70 and that was his question right like so what do i do i'm i'm old essentially and the answer was dude like you're a guy that understands how to tap into his passions. Don't worry about the fact that you're 70 years old. You have more time than I have, like from a free time perspective. It's like he's a wash in it. Now, by choice, obviously, I've constructed my life, but he could do anything he wants. And like once he realizes that, A, let's say he only lives for another 10 years. 10 years is enough time to gain mastery in something. So like, yeah, you just like, can't think, think about that. where you were 10 years ago. 100%. Like, my life was so radically different. Yeah. And then, like, 10 years is being skimpy. My dad's in good health. I mean, it, you know, it could be 20, 30. Or if I have anything to do with it, by 40 years, he's aging backwards. And it's not binary, so it's just going to be getting better and better every day. So, um, you know, fingers crossed, pops, holds on, and, and hits that uh, aging backwards phase. All right, a couple shout-outs. One to Joe Macasa from Manila. Wow. Shout-out to Manila. We also got... Koa, who wants you to come to the James Cook University in Singapore. So shout out to Singapore. Wow, Singapore in the house. And then we have someone from Manchester, Kevin Hartley. Looking forward Manchester, to Manchester, England? Uh, I'm assuming. Why don't we go with that? Yeah. Mad love for the UK. Yeah. So The global, UK global gave audience. me the most important thing in my life. What's up, baby? <laughs> Looking at you. All right. Question is from, actually from Joe. So from Manila. He says, is there such a thing as not a business person, someone who just can't make any business prosper? No. No, I mean, look, you may suck at it. You may have a long way to go. Um, but I think unless you have a sufficiently low IQ and just cannot process data, it's, it's about skill acquisition. And I think there's some people that they, they aren't going to get enough early wins to want to do it. Like take, for instance, I'm not trying to be a professional soccer player nor a professional football player. Um, I'm not trying to be a pianist. I'm like, there's so many things that I'm not trying to be. And the reason is, eh, like while I could do it, if I really set my mind to, and like we went through that thing with surfing yesterday mm -hmm. and like, there's a path, but I'm just not interested in it. Right. So I think it really comes down to like, do you want to get great at business? So, cause I had no early instincts for business, none. 
And I've already told enough embarrassing stories about that, so I won't belabor the point now, but I've had enough early, um, you know, or sorry, I didn't have any early wins in business, but I wanted to get in. It became an important part of me wanting to control my own destiny. Um, so I went in, went all in on that. But I've had so many employees that were amazing. They were so talented, but they didn't want to own their own business. Like yeah. they don't want that asset. They don't want the headache and the, you know, the frustration and all that stuff that comes along with it. So know thyself, know what you want, know what is going to be worth you putting the energy into and don't overvalue. Like being a good business person does not make you a better person. So just know what you want to get good at. And then assuming that you have an IQ over what's, what's sort of the, I think 80 is where it starts to get like you mm -hmm. have like real problems. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, look, if you're, if you're in this feed or asking that question, you, you don't have the problem. And uh, apologies to Joe, whom I refer to as a he, but is a lovely lady. All right. What's up, Joe? Yeah. We also have more shout-outs. People are loving the shout-outs. So we have uh, Daniel from London. You should come back to the UK. Dude, anytime. My wife won't let me go. Uh -huh. How cruel is that? Lies. <laughs> Lies. We have uh, Danny, who's saying shout-out from Miami. What's up, Miami? Dude, Miami's a town and a half. So much respect to anybody living in Miami. Thank you for making it such an amazing town. And Alex says, when will you ever visit Sweden? I've never been to the Nordic countries ever. Yeah. Uh, would love to, but in the summer, I promise you that because... It's cold. We know how I feel about the cold. And it's cold there in the summer. Like their heat wave is like 65 degrees. Yeah. So I'm not bad. I, I went to Stockholm. Lovely place. It was cold. It yeah. was April and At it was cold. At all times. Yeah. At all times. But nothing but love. Hi, Nordic countries. All right. Let's find another question here. This one's from Ian. Pet it sounds? Oh, yeah. Nice. Ian What's up, house. Ian? All right. Question is, execution phase two says that the community will upvote the content and companies that Impact Theory is incubating slash creating. Yeah. Does this mean that you will be working in the background during phase one to create slash incubate promising creators? Yeah, so um, because we don't yet have the layer of technology that we will need, we're in the works. In fact, the guys that are waiting on me uh, to send back the contract, I need to talk to you guys. I just want to make sure you guys are totally aware of what I'm moving forward. In fact, my wife cornered me this morning and was like, hey, mofo, like we need to sit down and talk. Like we haven't connected on all the business stuff yeah, going on in a while. That. So in fact, yeah. let's do it today right. because we're, we're short staff. Cindy's at a birthday party or a wedding. Wedding. A wedding. Yeah. <laughs> In Florida, Florida, as I'm learning. Uh, and then we've had Christopher. In Christopher's defense, it's Oscar time. So that guy's out hustling, trying to get us um, more people on the show. Dude, some of the people Finessing. he reached. He's Dr. Finesse. That's he what is he's indeed. Uh, some of the people that he reached out to, I won't even say their names. I don't want people to think like that they're a surefire. But some of the people he even reached out to yesterday, did he tell you? No. He, oh, dude, uh, it's incredible. I think he mentioned a couple, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he took some big swings. He, he took some big swings Love yesterday. That. So hopefully we can get some of those guys. You guys would flip if we uh, nail them down. But uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're we don't have staff. the full team today. We don't have the full team today. So uh, we'll have to sit down and, and create some FOMO over here. We'll but we were talking stuff. about not having the technology to have Yeah, sorry. So Jared is my conscience. Uh, so yes. <laughs> Your Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> Jiminy, that's on brand for Jared. Yep. Uh, so yeah. So we don't have that layer of technology. Thank you for bringing me back around. Uh, we don't have the layer of technology. And as such, it's, it's one-off stuff right now. Um, people are submitting. We're finding out about companies in some cool ways. One through um, the way we found out about Neurovalence was um, through V.S. Ramachandran coming on the show, did the interview. 
Um, I think he was just completely moved by the whole team here and said, hey, there's this guy that used to be a student of mine um, that I'm working with, uh, check out his company. So that's how we found those guys. And then through Startup Theory, we're getting people submitting. And then um, we're getting a bunch of people through Connect, that's C-O-N-N-E-C-T, at impacttheory.com, uh, where people are writing to us with all kinds of cool opportunities. And thank you to everybody who's written. And if you've written and we've not replied yet, just bear with us. Um, so we're, we're getting a lot of um, cool opportunities. And for us, like I'm super reputation protective. So my whole thing is I don't want to move on anything that I don't think is actually going to add value. So even though there's a lot of things that we've gotten submitted that could make us money in the short term, uh, it's all long-term play for us. So Got to really take our time and look at that. Um, Did but, you talk about startup theory? Yeah, I just mentioned it. Oh, okay. So, I was reading comments. No worries. Yeah. And so, one thing that um, is going to be a huge play for us, and you know, I'm I'm just like it's my my first love. They say you never forget your first love, and my first love was film. Um, and that, like, there there are some moves that we're making behind the scenes, and I don't know what percentage to give them. Uh, in terms of coming true. But the one thing that I know we can just muscle our way through is is incubating that. And so we'll definitely be looking for people to submit. And we've had people reach out. And I can see um, the, the community beginning to have a nice flavor of what I'll lovingly call fellow nerds, um, people that are really into, I think, the kind of content that's going to resonate um, with us and that we really want to bring to the world and deal with some of the most ideologically pressing um, concepts through. The reason we want to do comic books, by the way, is not because I have a superhero fetish. I do. But that's not why. The reason I want to do comics is it's a movie at no budget. So you can do apocalyptic, you can do on another planet, you can do time travel, you can do expensive effects, and it costs the same to draw that as to draw anything else. So it lets you really explore ideas and look for virality. So that's, yes, we're looking for those people quietly in the background right now. Awesome. Um, Alex Lindoni wants to know, if he's just curious if you ever got inspired by Napoleon Hill at any point in your life. Yeah, I've told this story. Like, so I had a super weird moment with Napoleon Hill. He wrote this book called Think and Grow Rich. And I was reading on an airplane. I want to know if you've ever had a moment like this because you love books as well. So I'm reading on the airplane. This was a physical book, by the way, at the time, which like is unheard of for me. I was traveling to see my wife, very long flight. And so this was, I think, before we were married. So I'm reading this book and it's talking about how, um, like, I don't know, page 20 or something. And it's like the secret um, that I'm trying to convey in this book, I have mentioned on every page and I bet you still don't get it. And I was like, what? And I was like, what thing has he like mentioned in on every page? And I had this moment where I was so shocked that it didn't actually make a boom, like a loud sound, that I looked up to see if anybody else like felt the reverberation of like that moment for me because it was so powerful when I realized the only thing that he had said on every page was, if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. And in that moment, like that was one of those just lightning bolt moments, I realized, oh my God, think and grow rich. Like if you think you can execute on something and become wealthy, that's the first step. And until you believe it, you just won't take the steps. That's what people don't understand. It's like the law of attraction question. It's not like, oh, well, I'm thinking it, and so I'm going to wake up a year from now, and I'm going to be wealthy. That's not it. It's just you won't take the first step if you don't believe you can do it. So going back to the guy that said, like, I know what I need to be doing, but fear is holding me back, is because he doesn't believe he can do it. The thing he believes is that he's going to fail, and that's why he's afraid. Mm. So because he believes that he's going to fail, he doesn't take that first step. But once you believe that you can do it, 
you'll take the first step. You may fall, but you'll get back up and because you believe it, you're gonna keep going, right? So a baby believes that ultimately it's gonna be able to walk. That's why it keeps going. Although I suppose that's just instinct. But anyway, you get the analogy, right? You just keep doing it because you believe that it's gonna be possible. And that is exactly how I transformed my life. That first step was letting go of all the insecurity and all of the fear and choosing to believe that I could do it. And that happened for me at 30,000 feet with my boy, Napoleon Hill. Nice. It reminds me of a very similar Henry Ford quote that I love. That is, yeah. whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. It's one of the like That's driving awesome. quotes of my life. All right. We have uh, more people in the feed from all over the world. So Rhonda, shout out from Wyoming. What's up, Wyoming? They have internet in Wyoming? Sorry, that was mean. Ooh. As somebody who grew up in Tacoma, like I can sling uh, rocks here. <laughs> Hi, Wyoming. Uh, Lillian is back in the feed. Shout out from Romania. Wow, all right. Nice. What time is it in Romania? A and then B. Like Probably not that late. This is, the internet's amazing, man. It gives you like all kinds of global audience. It's pretty amazing. All right, let's find another good comment here. Um, from Scotty, he says, are there any particular rituals you have or use that you would recommend? Like morning ritual, as soon as you wake up to start your day. We need to record like a video of me running through my morning routine because I get asked this question yeah. a lot. Uh, so I'll be fast. So here's my morning routine. It starts the night before. I go to bed at 9 p.m. like it's a religion. The last night I have to admit because I had a business dinner, I ended up getting to bed at 9.30, which for me is like going to bed at 3 in the morning. It's crazy. Uh, so I go to bed at 9, wake up. Whenever I wake up, I do not set an alarm. I usually wake up somewhere around 3 to 4.30. That's typical. Um, go straight to the gym. Work out for about an hour. Then I meditate. Then from meditating, I go to thinkitating. From thinkitating, I read. From reading, I go to my most important list, my list of most important things to do. Um, and then I get everything moving forward on that. And usually around then, people start coming into the office. And then the momentum of the day takes care of the rest, which on days like today is just literally one thing after another, after another, after another. Nice. All right. This question comes from Jermaine, uh, who had the earlier comment about Port Orchard. Yeah, my boy. Uh, I'm starting young men mentorship program where we teach young men to break out of the matrix, find their vision, focus on the daily goals and ob obtain self mastery. So awesome for that. Dude, um, we gotta, we gotta hook him up with our new app that Dr. Finesse came up with. Oh yeah. Gotta get yeah. this boy in the system. He says, where would you simply begin in creating a curriculum or format to get something concrete in place just to start and get going? Um, I always work backwards from what's real. And the funny thing is when you stop thinking about like, what do I think is sellable? And I don't mean sellable from a monetary standpoint. I mean like that people will understand because that's always the temptation is to package things up in like a really neat tidy bow. And the problem is when you do that, you really miss the opportunity to think through like what's actually happening. Like when people ask me like, hey, I want to change my identity. How do I do that? Like I want the answer to be more interesting than that I pick a trait that I want and then I just start saying it. But that's actually what I do. And so it's worked so well. Why would I tell people to do anything other than exactly what I do? So reverse engineer back into what are the things that you're really doing? Like, how are you actually pulling it off? They may be embarrassing. Uh, they may be overly simplistic. They may seem trite. But if they're real, then you know it will work. And so just start there. Write down, like, what is the real stuff? Um, and then that'll be good. Now, if you don't have a name, you've got a bigger problem on your hands, which is people are going to ask, why should I believe you? Mm -hmm. And so my advice to you is actually go out and find what's worked for other people um, that have like recognition, either have built a company that people recognize, 
have net worth that people will value, um, have created something that people will really groove on. Like go find people that their story will um, lend credence to that. And that will springboard you um, forward and you'll be shocked. I think if you send out, um, look at what the guy um, Nathan Chan did at Founder Mag. It's really pretty incredible because he'll, um, rather than try to get, he does try to get people in person. He does try to get them on the phone, but he'll always let people slide to email. So he's gotten email responses from some incredible people. So he's, um, he, one of the people was Richard Branson, actually wrote him back and answered his questions. And so he was able to build an article with Richard Branson with real answers that he had gotten exclusively from Richard Branson. But it was like, he got it over email. So it's, you know, really like you don't have to get like some big commitment from people, but if you're getting real advice that's being given just to you, that's something that's value add to your community and people will respect because they recognize the name. Now you've got something and Hey, you're going to learn from it as well. Um, so yeah, it's just a very powerful way to go about it. With the identity piece, do you write that down? things that you want to incorporate into your identity. I know you sometimes, say it to yourself. Sometimes, not always, not okay. always if I'm honest. Um, and, and usually identity is like, it's a big enough thing that it's all consuming for me, something that I'm trying to do. Um, but in the beginning, not only did I write down what I was trying to do, I would write the script. Like, this is what you need to say. And I've told the story mm. um, a lot, but... Bear with me one more time. I'll give a really brief version. So um, I have a very long fuse. I don't get angry very easily. But when I get angry, I would stay angry. So I would stay pissed off like all day. And I used to just waste uh, my wife and I's time because, you know, I would work so much that the weekends were really the only time that we had together. And I would get, let's say, angry about something in the morning. And then I'd just be pissed all day and we'd lose a Saturday and it would be a week before I'd get that opportunity back. And so I wrote myself this letter and I gave it to her to read to me if I ever got pissed off and it was basically just like, you know, you're going to look back on this and it won't make any sense. So, um, why? Like, cause your whole thing, when somebody pisses you off, your whole thing is that they have an agenda to deescalate you because they don't want to feel bad for whatever they did. Right. So, but I knew I didn't have any motive with myself. So it was like, Hey me, it's me. Right. And then yeah. it just walked me through what to do with the fake smile and all the things that I've talked about on here before. Um, so yeah, sometimes yes, I don't really do it anymore, but I've, I've, God, man, I've been working on these mechanisms for almost 20 years now. How many times a day would you say that you repeat something to yourself about your identity? God, that's such an awesome question. Like ballpark. I'll swag you at 25. Okay. So it's twice an hour. Yeah, it's incessant. It's, no, it is how that. I think. It's how I work. It's how, like just this morning... I so did not want to do what I had to do. Like you can't imagine. I was trying to come up with every excuse and reason not to do it. And I was just like, I'm not the type of person that does that. I'm the type of person that does the most painful thing first. And so then because I had that, I, I went and did it. Can I, can I talk about a failure yeah. on that front? Yeah, yeah, please. This morning I was supposed to get up and go running. Mm -hmm. And uh, my alarm went off and I was tired end of the week. And it was really cold this morning. And I looked at my alarm and I even said to myself, I should be the person. I'm not the type of person that sleeps in. Mm. I need to go out and go for a run, even if it's cold, no excuses. And guess what? I still stayed in bed. So I totally yeah. failed. So just but come can, and clean with that. But can I say something? Yeah. You are the type of person that like owns that. And because you own that, I know that the number of times that you'll do that won't actually diminish you being the type of person that gets up and does it. Now, if you tried to hide that, from us or from yourself or anything, then you could get into like this self-reinforcing spiral um, of like, 
well, nobody noticed and nothing went wrong. You know what I mean? So it's like, but when you own it, it's like, that's the protective mechanism. None of us are a hundred percent. Like there are times I have a 10 minute rule, right? So like, can I come clean on something? Yeah. So I have a 10 minute rule. I woke up this morning. I wasn't cold, but I, I just, I was so tired. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, I don't set an alarm. So why am I waking up if like I'm this profoundly tired? And I tried to fall back asleep. I couldn't. And so once I realize like I'm awake, right? So there's not, I'm not going to be falling back asleep. I look at the clock and that sets like a 10 minute countdown and I have to get out of bed. And I looked at the clock. It had been 10 minutes and I thought, get up. You like, you have to get up. And so I got up and as I was standing up, I thought, look at the clock and see if you actually made it or did it click over into minute 11 and it clicked over into minute 11. My wife's shaking her head because she knows me. So I couldn't own. I didn't get out of bed in 10 minutes today. Yeah. Even though I missed it by, let's say, three seconds, I missed it. I missed it. All right. Not so 100% you gotta, like, every time. Not 100%. And you got to hold yourself to a standard. Like, I could, and trust me, part of my brain tried this morning to be like, come on. Like, it was, you know, like, seconds. So, but... Nope, can't can't have it. So Lillian says, so you're not robots, guys. Glad to find this out. Sadly, no. I'm working on that, though. Give me more time. And shout out to everyone who's mentioning the five-second rule as a suggestion. Yeah. I should try that. Have you tried it? I have, but not in that uh, scenario. So next time I don't want to get out of bed to work out, I'm going to try it. Yeah. I haven't tried it in that scenario either, but I actually have tried it a few times since the episode. And um, it it is bizarrely effective at interrupting your thought yeah. process. I don't find that it sustains. So it's like, it's going to get you moving, but once you're moving, you're going to need another mechanism. Mm-hmm. But it is very good at interrupting that like paralyzed moment. So I, I mad respect to Mel on that one. She's, she's really good. And I think that's why it's gone viral. And it partly goes viral because people want to piss and moan about it and tell her what an idiot she is, which I will never... Do you know how many times I've thought... Every time I go read comics where, not mine, but read somebody else's comments where they're like arguing back with the speaker, like take Mel. People leave comments like, oh, this woman's an idiot. It's like, how does that help you? Like why? Why are you spending the time on that? Yeah. It's so, it doesn't make sense. It, going back to my definition of sense, like it doesn't move you towards any goal. Like you've just spent cycles trying to convince her or other people in the feet. Like what? doesn't make sense, man. Yeah. I, it's actually a part of human nature I don't understand because I don't have that impulse. Yeah. All right. We have a couple questions around quotes, and, and so I'll kind of synthesize them. But what's the one quote that one person said, would you tattoo? And the other person said, put on your wall um, to see and inspire you each day. Just one. That's so easy for me, but will you allow me to look it up? I actually didn't turn my phone off today for the first time ever. Yeah. Um, so let's... While you're doing that, I'll give some shout-outs. Yeah, please. That's perfect. Shout-out to Rob Ware for the 54321 Go. Nice. Uh, shout-out to Joshua Martell. Josh is in the Our feed. Old friend. Dude, every time he, he comes, I've got to like show him some love. What he's doing is super interesting. Did, uh, I think he just wrote it to me maybe in a DM or something. But So he had asked for advice, like, I want this guy to be my mentor. What yep. do I do? And I gave the advice, I think, live on air, I'm almost certain, yep. and um, talked about, hey, like, go do this, say this, act like this. And he did it, and he said it just crushed. And the, basically the advice on something like this, like no matter what the guy needs, take his trash out, whatever, like just do it. Like go to the ends, like really just be ridiculously over the top, make problems go away for this guy. 
And so he did that and he said, because of that, like the guy was so grateful that they, he ended up just getting to ask him a bunch of questions and the guy gave him like tips on his art and it was just like incredible for him. So dude, Josh, well done, man. Most people just do not, um, do that. So that is, uh, makes me very sad that most people don't do that. So shout out to Brittany at Vayner. Yeah. We just got, just got a sign, uh, that Brittany is in the feed, man. Brittany is basically uh, team impact theory. Uh, we are super, super proud to be partnered up with Vayner Talent. Those guys are helping us. They gave us our first piece of content yesterday, which was so cool. It was rad. They rocked it uh, with me when I went to New York for the Wyclef concert. And Brittany, dude, you guys are amazing. We're super stoked to be working with you. And you personally are awesome. We've had the good fortune of spending some time with Brittany. She's badass. Super, super cool chick. Um, super excited to have you on the team. All right, mm-hmm. so here's my quote. You ready? Right. Yep. All right, this is, this is the quote that sits like at the center. I'm going to put it in the universe. comments. So gonna, All right, here we go. This. Never give in. Never, 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 never. In nothing great or small, large or petty. Never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force. Never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. Winston Churchill. That gives me the chills. Oh, God. That's a great quote. Dude, that quote, that is my jam. That is the quote that it, it most defines me. Of Like every quote ever, that is the one that I hold myself to that. So I'm not going to put that in the comments right now, but I'll put it in later because <laughs> I can't type that fast. But that's a great quote. That was awesome. Yeah, that one changed me as a human. All right, Jerry Ortiz. Love the Wyclef episode. Such inspiration to me. My question to you is, how can I really step up my game in the music business? It seems like every artist wants thousands of dollars for a feature. That is crazy when I have no money for that. I have a family to feed. You dig? I do dig. And so let's show some mad love to Jerry Ortiz. So Jerry's a former employee um, of Quest. An amazing human being. Such a good dude. Grew up hard, like pulled himself out of all that bullshit and is a very talented musician. And in fact, Jerry, you should drop into the comments if you haven't already just a link to your SoundCloud. He's got like this super ethereal vibe. It's so trippy. He did this one, I think it was about Mars. And it was like, it's just so cool. He's got some really, really awesome beats. Check it out. I gotta hear that. Um, So how do you overcome that? So first of all, man, you know better than that. Like making excuses about artists being expensive. They're expensive because they don't believe in what you're doing. They're expensive because they don't think your beat is what they need to get to that next level. The moment somebody is so moved by your beat that they have to have it, they'll be coming to you, right? So you just have to own. You haven't made the beat that for those artists is the thing they're just like, I have to, like, I have to ride this track. So once you can own that and just get back to the grind and keep making stuff until people are like kicking down your door to get a hold of one of your beats. Um, I mean, that's just the truth, right? You're a talented musician, but you got to keep at it. A, maybe you have to get better. B, maybe it's the, you know, the super ethereal stuff like isn't resonating and you have to try something else. Like the whole thing Wyclef was saying was, be a student of the theory and then find out what people want. This was one of the coolest things from the episode. He said, I'll say to an artist, like, tell me what you want, but like, be really honest about it. So if what you want is a hit record, then let's make the hit record, right? So if you're going out to artists and they want a hit record, like I can tell you right now, your stuff's too ethereal for that, right? It's beautiful, it's amazing, and it showcases your talent as an artist, but just like the score was called the score because they said they were settling the score because people didn't understand their first album, right? This is the Fugees. They didn't understand their first album. It was totally panned. It went nowhere. It may have been a critical success, but it was a just a bomb financially. And so they said, okay, fine. We're gonna give people the kind of music that's gonna resonate on a mass 
level, ends up selling 22 million albums, right? So Jerry, you have to decide like, what's important to me? Do I wanna be like just an amazing artist and make music that I love that's amazing for me and maybe like a small group of hardcore people that are into the exact same kind of music? Or do you want to go, I'm gonna understand every aspect of music so that I can know what a hit is and I can make a hit. Like there's a reason that there are hit makers. Rick Rubin, Rubens? I think it's plural. It's either Rick Rubin or Rick Rubens. I apologize because God, we're trying to get him on the show as well. I'll learn your name, I I promise. Ruben, Rick Rubin. Uh, so anyway, that guy's a hit maker. Um, we did a song at Quest where we had um, Bonnie McPhee. McKee. McKee, Bonnie yeah. McKee, uh, write it for us. And she's had like 10 number one hits or something. I mean, it's like hit makers, my friends, hit makers. So they understand how to tap into um, a certain type of music. And they know when a song is good and they know when a song is a hit. So Jerry, I think you make good songs, but you haven't yet created a beat that I would say is a hit. So you have to decide if that's what you want or not. So that thems is the truth. There you have it. There uh, it is. Shout out to Shekar and uh, I'm going to butcher your name. I'm sorry, but Moyo Okome, who I think was also the daily does the Daily Spark. Yeah. Which podcast yeah, you're on. Indeed. I was going to say I know that name. Yeah. For uh, posting the Winston Churchill quote in nice. the comments. Thanks, guys. So everyone can Much have obliged. It. Much obliged. Um, here's a, here's a routine question, morning routine. If getting up, uh, earlier, what do you have for breakfast? Is it a liquid breakfast? No. So nobody, nobody in this feed wants to hang with me from a food perspective. Um, so let's say I wake up at two 30 in the morning, which is way more common than even I like to believe. Um, first of all, I never eat before I feed my dogs and I don't feed my dogs until 7am. So there are times, and even then I try to push it. Like today I didn't eat until just before nine. So if I wake up at two 30 and don't end up eating till nine, I've, you know, I mean, it's essentially intermittent fasting. Um, so, and that's just it. And so I spend a lot of my mornings hungry. I work out fasted. Um, and yeah, I, that is just me having learned what works for my body. Uh, and for me to stay anything resembling lean, that's just what I have to do. Cause it's very easy for me to push back my first meal. Um, it's very hard for me to push back my midday meals. And then sometimes at night I'll find that like my last meal, maybe I'm not, not too bothered about. Um, but God, in the middle of the day, especially like before three o'clock. So I don't want to eat my first meal too early because then I, I would just be starving to death because I have a set number of calories and maybe that's something to be very clear about. I, there are, I have bright lines when it comes to food. Otherwise I put on weight on fat very quickly. Uh, so I have bright lines with food. This is what I can eat, not a morsel more. So you're not going to catch me eating like a stray raisin. I just don't do it. I don't eat anything that isn't in my meal plan. Not, not like a single chip. Like there are times That's where true. I'll, I've seen it. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. There are times where I'll be eating my quest chips and one will fall on the floor and it's just gone. That's gone forever. Like I don't go get another chip, right? Like that's it. And uh, I should probably eat it off the floor from a bacteria perspective. It's actually probably a good idea. Uh, I'm actually not kidding about that. Like the more I read about the microbiome, the more I just want to go get my hands dirty and then Evolving lick my ourselves, hands. right? Yeah. Which you did a book review on. Yes. Yeah. Look at you. Which Look you, at you. Which this you guys guy should is check like out. promoting. I love this yeah, kid. That's what. Yeah. That's why he's Agent Smith. What I'm here for. Part, in part. In part. In very small part. But yes. uh, Shout out again to Josh because he's going to go meet up with Cindy in Florida uh, or he's going to see Cindy at some point while nice. she's on her trip. And I just want to say that 
Um, first of all, we love the community. We love everything you guys are doing. We especially love when you guys are collaborating together yes. and helping each other with projects or working on new ideas or helping each other just through personal things. We love seeing that whenever it happens on social media. And one of our goals is to actually start uh, springing up these sort of community-based meetups in different parts of the country. So that's one of the reasons Cindy's going out to meet people in Atlanta, to start talking to them about how can we create these sort of um, micro groups within different parts, uh, you know, different cities, different parts of the country where you can start talking about some of these ideas and helping each other out IRL. Nice. That's so in real awesome. life for, for you, you other folks who aren't on social media a lot. Yeah. Even I know what IRL is. So unless you're north of 50... Yeah. That one, yeah. It took me a while to know what IRL My was. wife is like, I didn't know what it was. My <laughs> wife's really bad at social media. I hope people start heckling her. Not that she'd ever see it, by the way. Uh, but yeah, I wish my wife were more social. That'd be cool. Cool. Well, um, I think that does it for today. All right, man. Guys, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. We absolutely love getting your questions. It's amazing. We don't take a single view for granted. So you, the fact that you guys show up, uh, that you comment, that you engage with this stuff is absolutely amazing to us. So we are eternally, eternally grateful for what you guys are doing to help us build this community. Thank you so much. And as Jared said, man, when you guys help each other, that is the juice for us. That is what it's all about. So please ping each other, find out what you guys can do, what you're trying to build and ways that you overlap. That would be absolutely amazing. Uh, and until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.